0: It's my podcast today. Change, change. 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 Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth too. Here's my podcast. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on, everybody? Today is September the 19th, 2022. I am so excited. I've got a guest on. Uh, A brother uh, becoming a friend slowly but surely. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like me as much as I like him from a distance. He'll have to explain it in the next few moments. But again, I'm Andre Anderson, uh, host and founder of BSTL, uh, which stands for Building Something That Lasts. So, guess what? I have on. Our podcast this evening, Dr. Lyle. Notice, I wish I remembered how to push the button for the hand clap. Uh, This guy is incredible. What he is doing out in Alberta and by extension, the rest of the world is incredible. Lyle, are you there? Hey, what up? What up? I'm here, man. All right. Welcome, man. Listen, can we just go ahead and let me just tell you something. Um, One of the things that excites me about you is black excellence, right? So I want our viewers to know, and, and it's not that it's um, self-aggrandization or anything like that, but you know what? I think it's nice. Whenever our people do something, please tell us who you are, um, where you're from, uh, what you're doing, and look, don't be shy about this educational piece because I want people to know that you're a big deal. <laughs>
1: sure. Well, listen, man, uh, once again, um, Andre, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's no problem. A pleasure to be on the show. Um, yeah, um straight out of Starbrook, represented Starbrook yeah. to the fullest. And uh, essentially, I have um, a doctorate of ministry in uh, urban studies. Yes. And um, uh, I, I did some amazing, amazing research there with young adults and, uh, and, and trying to see if small groups were sort of the key to life. Um, in, in connecting them back to the church. Um, but currently, um, which I'm very proud of, I'm working on a, a PhD, a doctor of philosophy, of theology um, from South African Theological Seminary. Nice. And uh, essentially, I'm looking at uh, sociology of religion. I'm studying yes. race relations within the context of the uh, the Adventist Church in Alberta. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why it is that churches are ethnocentric we have about over 60 churches yeah and over there um everybody goes to their cultural church
0: yeah
1: and so i want to know um how come it's not intercultural how come there's not this this uh multicultural everyone trying to run to the same place from different backgrounds And so yeah um uh, studies research is is very near and dear to me I'm, i'm sort of like an armchair sociologist
0: Now, you know what's interesting? Uh, I'm going to call you Dr. Lyle, okay? That's what I want to do because I really want to give you a good push on this thing because I'm so proud of you. Um, And you are from Toronto, right, but living currently in uh, Alberta. And here's the reality, and I didn't say this before, um, but I also at the undergraduate level, so I'm sure there's a whole lot that I can learn from you. I did sociology as my uh, first degree. And so I love uh, focusing on people and how groups, subcultures come together. Uh, That's my, well, I shouldn't say that's my thing, but that's one of the things that... um, (laughs) I've used along the way just to understand how people come together and why they do and why they do not. Um, So I went to York University for that. So Dr. Lyle, we so appreciate having you. Uh, You got a family wife and kids and uh, maybe they're gonna listen to this, Um, I don't know. But again, today is September the 19th, 2022. uh, And uh, we're just so happy to have you. And for those of you that are uh, tuned in, please make sure you share this uh, widely. We're on Spotify as well as Amazon uh, Music, but you can also check us out at rss.com and type in BSTL, which stands for Building Something That Lasts. So anyways, the conversation uh, that we're going to have today, uh, Dr. Lyle, it kind of is connected to this idea of how to lead, right? So on this platform, we talk about all things leadership-based. We want to talk about things that really matter around leadership. And, of course, um, leading is hard, and maybe one of the reasons why leadership can be a challenge is because we are afraid of making mistakes. So let's start there. Um, As a leader, right, you've got a a big leadership role um, as the youth director in your context, right? I hope I didn't miss anything. I'm sure that there's some add-ons there. Um, But you've got to lead courageously um, because of where you are. Uh, the demograph that you serve, um, maybe even your own background being from Ontario, but now um, leading in a different context. Like how, how can you lead and not be fearful?
1: Right. And, and I'm going to tell you Andre, for a large portion of my leadership, um, leadership, I led from a place of fear. Um, I was, I was very scared and, (laughs) to be honest, there wasn't a day that went by where I didn't feel imposter syndrome. Okay. Uh, I don't deserve to be here. I don't belong here. I'm not qualified enough. I don't have enough experience. Um, That's what I replayed in my mind every day. And then meeting people and leaders who also indirectly or subconsciously made you made me feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even as I started pastoral ministry,
0: um,
1: it, i was quite young and so i remember getting to to ottawa um and i was probably about 24 or so and it, this is a true story they say <laughs> i would come sabbath morning and some of the god bless them the the older um demographic of the church these ladies as sweet as they are they would say is the boy here <laughs> is the boy here
0: yeah morning. yeah so you,
1: you could almost imagine how i felt
0: yeah um uh,
1: I felt small. I felt little. I felt like a child really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and, and fearful and, and, uh, Pastor Spence, a great colleague of mine who helped shepherd and leader lead me and mentor me during that time. I remember I would show up and I was afraid to face the people. I was afraid to preach. Okay. And, and I just was, I just had this fear in me and didn't feel like I was enough. Yeah. Um, and I think it was probably halfway through my stint there, I started to sort of get, catch my footing and became a little bit more confident. Yeah. Um, but then when I took on the role of youth director in the Alberta Conference, mm-hmm. um, I, I worked with uh, Uniform ministry, so Pathfinders and Master Guides. And,
0: now, hold uh, on, let me forget. just pause you there, because not everybody that is listening uh, knows about that stuff. So Pathfinders and those kind of things, that's like our equivalent of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, right?
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay, yes. cool. And so yeah. I, am now, I am now leader over the conference, over this ter- ju- territorial jurisdiction, the province of Alberta, when it comes to, the quote-unquote, Boy Scouts, Pathfinders. Yeah. And I remember I had went to uh, an Oshkosh function, great big campery, um, and I didn't have my master guide, Andre. I didn't <laughs> have that qualification. Yeah. But yet I was supposed to be in charge of this, this conference-wide club
0: yeah
1: and the fears that I would get from particular leaders who had 60 plus years of experience they were they were older than their experience was older than I was mm-hmm. and so the, just just being sort of made feel small
0: yeah
1: and, and um, you know I've been in this role about 10 years now this leadership role and I could tell you this it's only now over the last probably year two years, where I feel confident enough to consider myself a leader. Wow. And it seems kind of strange because I, I, I've i gotten to pastoral ministry from 2007-ish, yeah. Uh, officially. Yeah. And it's only how many years later, 2022, that I'm feeling not fearful to lead. Wow. Wow! <laughs> it, it's like a paradox. Yeah, and that's um, 15 I, years. 15 years, Andre. 15 years yeah. of not feeling confident wow not feeling like a leader just every day pretending to be yeah and maybe it was my own sort of insecurities
0: yeah
1: but but what I can say is after time and experience Mm -hmm. and sometimes just being tired (laughs) Mm -hmm. things change because where I am now andre yeah I'm not afraid of conflict Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to look someone in their eye and talk to them directly. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I I read this book, I think it was called crucial conversations. And, and there's times where you have to have crucial conversations in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and it's like night and day with my leadership now. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm actually enjoying leadership more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think there's a level of respect that also, I think people see and offer me now that I'm more confident, um, Uh, And and I I think now I trust myself to lead, Mm. whereas before I didn't.
0: So let me Um, ask you this question then, uh, Dr. Lyle. So here's part of what it is, right? You arrive in a context at the age of 24. And and here's the thing. At 24, you could be leading any organization in any kind of way because we all grew up with friends who had – degrees, graduated, and or family members that connected them to organizations. And so I don't know that 24 is young, right? I mean, it's young, but it's not too young uh, to be leading, right? So you say one thing early in this conversation, and basically you're like, okay, look, time and experience have helped me to become more confident, so please explain what time and experience have done for you, just in case there's, maybe there's a young leader that's listening and they're like, I'm 24 and so I can relate to that. Maybe you can just move us forward from that, time and experience. Yeah, I, I
1: think that, um, <laughs> I think one of the great things about school is that you learn information and knowledge. Uh. Um, but what you don't get is the experiential part. Mm. And, and I think in any leadership role, I can teach someone something, but unless you've gone through it, unless mm. you've experienced what it feels like, your emotions, um, uh, the behavior, going, going through something for me, I, I'm very big on experiential learning. Like mm. okay. you've got you've to hit the field. Yeah. And if you make mistakes, that's good because you're going to learn what it felt like to take that shot. Like a lot of us, um, we're good at maybe the narrative and, and sort of the, the ideology and the, the notions and the ideas, but when you're in the game,
0: yeah.
1: I'm using sports analogy yeah. here, mm-hmm. and the clock's ticking, and you're tired, and you're fatigued, and, and, and you don't want to play anymore because that's when you learn, when you're on the court. And so when I say that it was time and experience, I had to go through some things. Yeah, I had to... There was an experience where I had to tell this seventy no probably sixty-five year old leader yeah. um, that, that essentially their time was was done. And <laughs> here I am at 20, yeah. yeah, at twenty five. And I remember she looked me in my face, Andre, and she said, You don't have a clue of what you're doing right now. Wow. Wow. And and, and she said, I have way more experience than you have age, and you're getting rid of that. Mm. And and I had to sit in that chair. I had to look her in her eye. I had to feel the feeling. Mm-hmm. And so now I know what that, that feels like. Now I've gone through it. And so there's been countless other experiences that I, that I have gone through yeah. that have taught me yeah. lessons, that taught me how to deal with the fear, how to face it, how to confront it. And so when I say time and experience, nothing can replace that in leadership. Yeah. Nothing. You can read about leadership but yeah. unless you've gone through those situations you know, I, I think that I think that's what helped me as a matter of fact. Yeah. And and I I draw back, I draw down on my experience now. So when something comes up, I can I can I can pick from that, I can take from that, I can mm. go back to that place and know what it felt like. And it helps to carry me through this new experience or this new challenge.
0: And so, so so let me ask you this yeah. question. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, I like the way that this conversation is going. So I'm, I'm getting kind of excited on my side. So how important is the mentorship portion of this, right? Because I'm hearing you say experience. Is it experience as you walk this lonely road all by yourself <laughs> and you're picking up these experiences or along the way, do you have individuals that are pouring into you consistently that are helping you to kind of like become the leader that you need to be, right? Because the reality is um, sometimes we we are mentored to becoming like those that have preceded us. The only challenge is, is that how they've led and when they've led is no longer as useful in the times that you will lead. Go ahead, Dr. Lau. I
1: I, I don't want to um, downgrade mentors and coaches Mm -hmm. um i think it's important i think there's a place for them Mm -hmm. um in leadership especially as a young leader someone who can come and speak life into you and encourage you and give you sagely wisdom that's dope i I don't want to take away from that on but
0: yeah
1: for me i remember going through certain leadership challenges and talking talking over with uh shout out to pastor millet he he was a great mentor oh yeah that guy's
0: fantastic Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah but I still have to go through it.
0: Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and as much as he could have held my hand, um, I had to go through the criticism. I have to feel the rotten tomatoes thrown at me. Yeah. I had to eat crow pie. I have to feel the pie on my face. It's all about, I think, going through those experiences. Yeah. And there's nothing like it. You can't pay for it. Um, it, it, it's something that just comes, and you learn as you go through it. And so, once again, I'm, I'm not trying to take away from mentorship, but yeah. you, you've got you've got to go through it. Yeah, you've got you've got to be in the game. You've got to take those shots. You've got to get tired. You've got to get a stomachache. You've got to maybe get sick and still learn how to play through the game. Sure. there is nothing that beats experience.
0: So let me ask you this and, question. And thing, yeah, go ahead.
1: And, and, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. Yeah. When I say that, I think, more than anything, there's so many people who are afraid to touch the court. I'm using basketball analogy. Yeah, analogy yeah. I like basketball. And play the game. Mm-hmm. And, and or start something. Um, I have a really good friend. He has these great ideas, but it's hard for him to get him off the ground because I think he's afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. For me, the greatest lessons in leadership
0: mm-hmm.
1: is failure. Mm. It is failure when mm-hmm. you like, I've started programs, I've done I've, I've done certain activities and certain ideas that have, and things have failed.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I love it because it teaches me what not to do next time.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I, I've sort of, I honestly, I sort of have, I'm a very artistic and creative guy. And so I have these great ideas and I like to try them on. I'm entrepreneurial. And so I love startups. I'm a huge investor in pre IPO startups mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to sort of give you this, this free game. Um, All right. I, I, I start, I, I invest in early stage companies that literally sometimes have no value, mm. <laughs> no valuation. No valuation. Okay. And I invested in a company um, out of the States, which allows you to invest in, in, a wide range of early stage companies. You could put a $100 in, $50. Anyways, I was in San Francisco, um, Silicon Valley for some, for some church work, but mm-hmm. I took a day off and I went down to meet the CEO. So I'm mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley and here you are in one of the most popular, successful places in the world because this is where Facebook is and Google and the, the, the billion dollar unicorn companies are. And so as I'm speaking with the, the CEO of this company I invested in, this young guy, couldn't be more than 22 years of age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, man, you know, tell me what's so special about Silicon Valley, you know? And, and he said this to me. He said, a lot of people think that it's about the money here.
0: Mm.
1: And he said, don't get me wrong, Wild, there's a lot of money here. But he said this to me. He said, he said this. He said, the reason why this place is so special to us as dreamers is because they tell us to dream big and fail even bigger.
0: Oh.
1: And so, and so there's something about failure mm-hmm. that I've learned to embrace. And he said this with the failure, these venture capitalist investors, yes. they will throw tons of money, <laughs> millions, billions of dollars yeah. because they know the statistics. The statistics says, Eight out of every 10 new companies will fail. Yes. The ninth one will put forth a mediocre sort of return, but there's one out of the 10, which is called a moonshot.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, the moonshot will make up for all of the losses. Yeah. And give you multiples more on your return. Yeah. And so he said they've learned the art of the pivot. Yes. Being able to change and change a little, just a big green, one, chip
0: yeah, one first, small YouTube, thing. When it first started, yeah,
1: YouTube was some relationship kind of, it was kind of going in that, you know, you upload videos and then all of a sudden they change something in the algorithm and boom, mm-hmm. they're successful. And, and he also said this, um, closing this off this analogy, he says, when it comes to dreaming big but failing bigger and yeah. and doing it, he says, there's there's something when it comes to these ideas that we have and not mm. being afraid yeah. to fail mm. and and we've learned how to push through the fear mm-hmm. so that we don't fail in the process because mm. fear can to fail as well
0: yeah
1: and yeah. so yeah I just I I've just learned that in the experience. Don't be afraid to fail because the failure is really what helps you to succeed. It's the learning what not to do, learning what to do, learning what works, what doesn't work, tweaking things. And so, um, I, I, I just love, I just love it. You know, he he said something about, um, (laughs) these guys, these venture capitalists, they're able to support things that they cannot see. Mm. And so, So essentially yeah, they have this so they, they know these kids will probably fail, waste off, they'll burn through a whole bunch of money.
0: Yeah.
1: But they're supporting things in hopes of even though they can't see the value now. Yeah. Later on that valuation will maybe be a billion dollar company. No one was able to see it in the beginning but they're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to lose their money. They're not afraid to invest because there will be, there will be a moonshot that recoups all of their losses and gives them a a crazy return.
0: Now here's the thing, Dr. Lyle, as I'm listening to you, it also sounds like this is a young man, right? That you would have been talking with, um, in, in the Silicon uh, Valley. And here's the thing. Um, and I don't know that we do it. I don't know that we do it well enough, um, often enough, as a generalization. Like when I look at companies and organizations, usually it's somebody older. I mean, we're we're slowly but surely getting there. I mean, I know I know I'm the one that has all the gray hair, um, but we're we're all in the same hunt right now, right? And the reality is, um, a lot of uh, similar to the conversation that you would have had with that 65-year-old, I think, woman that you mentioned earlier in our conversation, we kind of have this posture that we, we, we give a lot of credence and a lot of voice uh, to the older voice, and maybe at the cost of the younger voice becoming frustrated, not because of the failure, but because of the opportunity. So my thing is, is that if by the time you get to 30, you have had... Ten to fifteen, and 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 I don't know how I feel about the word failure, um, Dr. Lyle, because uh, I, I think it's an experience. Maybe I need to come up with my own word to to uh, describe it. Um, but the reality is, if I can, if you can have ten to fifteen blunders, like major mistakes, um, that don't necessarily make you look wise, and you can bounce back before you hit thirty, before. You hit uh, twenty five. I almost feel like that is the thing that now gives you the secret sauce for the next yes. thirty five years, or up to you know yes. retirement. That now you become the dominating voice in the room because you know mm-hmm. what rock bottom is at um your pre pre peak time. Yeah, go ahead. That, fact I, I
1: think that that right there. If if, pe- if young people could get. That and understand what you just described this idea of blunders, mm-hmm. making tons of blunders before yeah. 30 and learning from it, and then beyond that, being able to rely and, and sort of go back to that experience toolkit. Yeah, I think that's really what it's about. And but I'm saying, society, we what we do is we praise the winners, right? We yeah. praise the yeah. successes. yeah. yeah. We, we, there, there's something within our minds we can socialize to negatively sort of interact with failure. And I think that's why a lot of us don't don't get things popped off. We we don't start things. We don't try new things. We yeah. stay comfortable and stuck because we don't want to make mistakes. But yeah. I, I would love anyone hearing this right now on the sound of my voice, mistakes is literally the key.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I'm not saying I'm not giving you a gold license and just <laughs> just make pure Yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's about as you're tri- as you're going through the process the process of trial and error and trying something and doing something and starting something yeah uh, I, that's why i love entrepreneurship because yeah. it takes guts it takes yeah. guts yeah to, to try something yeah to, to, out of nothing to use your own money to bootstrap like it's like the life of an entrepreneur yeah. man like off to them yeah. but there's some there's some sort of dogged determination. i realize with entrepreneurs there's dogged determination, determination within them that's yeah. like yo i'm gonna try this thing until i until i can't do it anymore yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah, yeah, until, yeah, yeah. The, until the wheel falls off
0: yeah
1: i'm gonna get this thing going yeah. and you have to have that type of mentality if you're going to to run a company or a business
0: right yeah and i agree with you 100 percent, dr lyle and maybe i want to add one other thing that's in there um because when i'm listening to you uh it also sounds like the infrastructure around you lends for you to fail and still show up for work the next day and, and, you know what i mean and, and and i know that you know we live in a world like i remember when um What was it called? The Apprentice was on, (laughs) and I mean, we were much younger when that thing was on TV. And watching somebody go to work on that day, and they had to be innovative, and they had to come up with these ideas, and they had to implement and do well. And if they didn't, after that one particular day, they were fired. In hindsight, I don't know that that's the message, right? Because the thing is if I make a mistake that leads to me being fired while you're asking me to be innovative, there's no reason for me to, to live on the edge. But if I'm allowed right. to try something, fail at it, and because I've been so innovative, even though I've failed in the moment, that's the person I want to keep. Facts.
1: And, and, I, and I think essentially, just based off what you said, you said it right, I think that that works. When you are in an environment where you are given a license to try and fail, yeah. and shout out to the conference because uh, I've been there a decade now, ten mm-hmm. years, um, and they've never said no to me, you know. And, nice. and I've tried some things, and I've, I've, uh, some things have worked, and, and some things haven't. But yeah. I've always been accepted and welcomed and respected enough.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's when that's what that's what happens when you're around leadership. And, um, that trusts you, and so I think that's also important um, if you're working for an organization, because there are some more, some people are probably not as lucky as me, and yeah, yeah they would have got the pink if they, they wasted <laughs> hundred thousand dollars on a you know a young person's event in BAMP or something you know. And it didn't um, yeah. You better believe. Yeah, you have to answer to that. That's money lost, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, but I was I was given. I I've, I've been lucky to have opportunities and experiences where people trust me and allowed me to lead. Yeah.
0: Uh, Let me ask you this question. Is- yeah, sorry about that. This one I got to get in before we finish cuz I'm also mindful of our time right now, right? So here's the mm-hmm. thing. Because we both grew up in Toronto in similar circles, I know that your beginnings have really informed where you are right now. Right, so despite what happened in your twenties, as people are, you know, having to learn to live with the fact that you know the twenty-four-year-old pastor has to tell the seventy-year-old no, I feel as though that kind of courage, even though you're shaking in your boots, it starts somewhere. Where does that start?
1: You know, and and this is where I, I sort of uh, make the sort of um, the turn or transition into my urban sort of. Uh, Studies culture upbringing. Yeah, I grew up in on um, and in in one of a uh, I guess a low income population okay. uh, hood you yeah. could, could say. Yeah, and so one of the things that the hood taught me, mm-hmm. and that's probably why I was able to sort of keep up the until I actually gained the confidence. Yeah, is that when like they are rolling through the hood and there there are there's opposition or there's goons or there's there's thugs or there's mandem. Yeah. <laughs> you, I—I I was. T- you have to come with a certain level of confidence yeah. and show no fear. Yeah. Because the enemy,
0: yeah,
1: can smell Feel. fear from a mile away. Right. And they will pounce on that, and they will take advantage. And so, all throughout my adolescence and upbringing, I sort of had this exterior where, yo, no one can talk to me. No mm. one can touch me. You know, in, in sort of Scarborough vernacular yeah. yeah, yeah and so of walk around with this sort of mindset that protects you because you have to almost act tough and look tough yeah not to say that you're going to go and start problems yeah but you want to look in a certain you want to look a certain way so that problems don't come near you yeah and yeah. so I had that veneer yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, you know and some people say you know fake until you make it I guess I have to act courageous yeah I have to act like I, I I actually knew what I was doing, yeah. you know, and that I was confident in myself and my skills. Yeah. And I think that's important. I don't know if our, if our young people are being sort of taught that today. Yeah. Um, I feel like the generation that we live in now mm-hmm. is a little bit more
0: fragile. Yeah. Um, at times, yeah. I can see where you're going with that. At, at,
1: yeah. But back then, Andre, you, like, if that was your survival. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you didn't if you didn't act like a badman, yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would you, be taken it back. The that's right. Would be gone. Your yeah, thing that's would right. Be gone. That's like, right. Tuck your face. Like, yeah. So I think that sort of helped me as a starting place. Yeah. To say, in whatever situation I'm in, yeah, I'm not going to show fear.
0: Yeah. And you know, um, yeah. Doctor Lyle, one of the things I appreciate is your transparency, right? Because usually. When leaders emerge, they've got, you know, the suits on, the white shirt. Uh, if it's a blue suit, then more than likely it's a brown shoe. If it's a black suit, then it's a shiny black suit. Nice belt and pocket square. I mean, that's the look. Um But I appreciate you letting us know that you come from some humble be- beginnings, and so do I, right? Um Started in Rexdale, and I, of course this goes all the way around the world. So people don't really care about where Rexdale is, but that's where I, I came from. I'm an RX man. I'm a West end man. Right. And then Scarborough. And then now, you know, cause I'm getting older and I can't move as quickly. I'm, I'm out in, in Durham, but <laughs> the, the reality though is, is that sometimes we forget that we are developing leadership um, skills in the street. Um, we yeah. are, we, this fight um, to survive That's some of the secret sauce that people don't understand by the time you clean up and you got some of these letters before and after your name. And maybe what I'm also saying is to like some of these young leaders that are listening to us, don't like throw away some of your street experiences because that's the thing that has also shaped and carved some of the instinct that you have. So here's the thing, Dr. Lyle. You got to give us one takeaway um, before we finish this conversation. You get the last word before we um, fade to black. Give us something, man. Like, how do we navigate this thing? Whether you're a young leader or an older leader, but definitely maybe a newer leader, is there one thing that you want us to take away from in this conversation? Yeah, you know, I
1: want to. I, I want to give you two things, um, <laughs> uh, but very quickly. I love how you touched on. The the your past experience, where your upbringing, the environment, the environment shaped me and made me. And so yeah. every time I come back to Toronto, I have to I have to go by Parkwoods and Roy Woods and my, my old neighborhood yeah. and just sort of touch the road, touch yeah, ground, yeah, 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 yeah. touch ground. But but the thing about it is, what I've also learned is that when I was growing up, I had a certain like you had to have style. Uh-huh. You know, the newer sort of word is swag or socks or, yeah. or drift. Yeah. But I still, wherever I go, I rock mm-hmm. that street style yeah. as my call card. And, and I learned this from Mark Zuckerberg and and, um, and uh, the dude from Apple. And the idea is that mm-hmm. you have to have a uniform. Yeah. And, and so many times you think that the Eurocentric, the suit and tie, that's our uniform. Mm-hmm. I prefer... As a PhD candidate, yeah. to roll up in some Jordan ones, yes, and, and a conquest hoodie, yes, and and people, whenever I have to speak, sometimes they're like, "Okay, where's our speaker?" And then they realize <laughs> yeah. it's the guy with the urban hoodie and days Yeah, there's something about authenticity that sure. sometimes we lose or are willing to give up yeah. because we've reached higher levels. Yeah, I think that it's good to carry some of that authenticity with you. The second thing I want to say is this: is that it's oftentimes when you're in dark places
0: dark mm. seasons yeah
1: of depression of hurt of pain yeah. when you're going through this wilderness that that is when you're being prepared and developed and yeah. i sort of draw on a biblical example of david in the cave of agilom yeah it's interesting because um david this biblical character as he's hiding in a cave from his ops yeah this is where he learns how to lead yeah an army at and it is from that experience where he learned to lead the gang. Yeah, that he's now, when he's when he's literally coordinated as a king, he's got leadership skills. Yeah, and, and what I'm saying to you is, it's in the cave. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not in the school. It's not in the you know the business school or you know the the, the position, so to speak. A lot of the times, it's in the dark times when yeah. you don't even. You're being prepared. Yeah. That you're learning certain skills yeah. that will take you to your next
0: level yeah, and prepare yeah. you, position you for your next level.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, that's what I want to leave. I appreciate that. And look, your your last one, that so resonates with me, man. Because some of the greatest blunders and failures that I've had and many other leaders that I speak with have propelled and given the next set of, you know, you talk about the toolbox. I mean, Mm -hmm. who cannot come out fighting um, properly once they've hit ground zero. And, and often we don't like to talk about ground zero. We only want to talk about the apex, the top of the mountain. And the Mm -hmm. reality is it's that ground zero and mind you, um, ground zero looks different for each person. Right. Some people have to experience lower than low and some people are just, you know, kind of almost up the mountain. But that's their ground zero. But it's the low Mm. points based on where you are at that will define, I think, where it is that you're going to go. Look, Dr. Lyle, uh, you better not uh, make this be the first and the last time you come on this podcast. Um, I am going to be reaching across um, this side of the world. Uh, For us to do this again, even though the the, uh, time zone might be a little bit different, the the conversation has been rich and I so appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much. And listen, all the best on this second uh, doctoral degree. I mean, I've watched what you've been doing from a distance and not only is it cutting edge, it's it's game changing. Um, So shout out uh, to your family. Uh, You know, I used to be your mom's pastor. She's quiet, but a strong lady. And I feel as though she's uploaded a lot of who you are um, as a leader as well. So thank you so much, Um, Sister Elaine. Notice she's going to be mad because she's on a podcast. I'm sure she's going to be like, why you guys had to call my name? Too late, too late. Uh, It won't be edited out. Listen, this is um, BSTL, Building Something um, That Lasts. And we hope that you've enjoyed of the conversation. And yes, we're going to have a recap at the end of this, um, but we're so glad that you tuned in today. And we're talking about leading, not from a perspective of fear, but from experience. Dr. Lau, thanks again. And hope to see you all next time as we continue to build something that lasts. Take care.